Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Edge and your Week 15 NFL Mega Preview. And if there is one word to describe this week in the National Football League, it would be uncertainty. I am the coach. I drive the bus, but we've got a whole bunch of big-time stars that ride on it with me. Thank all of you for taking the time out of your busy day to join us here live. And for those of you watching on demand as well, we appreciate all of you as well. If you want to be active and do us a solid when you're in the chat, go ahead and hit that like button for me one time. And that would appreciate, uh, we would appreciate it because it really helps the show and it helps us grow within the YouTube space. All right, let's bring in the stars of the show. And you want to pay attention to today's show. So much information. First and foremost, our guy. He's head of the NFL Sportsline, RJ White. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How you doing? Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I got. I'm. I'm so glad I'm on with you guys today, Mikey, because uh, I feel very uncertain in what's going on with count of seven teams in COVID protocol. How does that affect how you handicap? Oh yeah, I mean it definitely makes a difference. Um, you know, we take the information that we have and make some. You know, obviously sub in different players, but uh, definitely makes you be a little more cautious for sure. Um, you, you mentioned seven, set the line at seven and a half. I'll take the over on number of seven, over seven and a half on teams that are in the protocol this week. So I, I think that we've seen a lot over the last 48 hours and I would bet we see a good amount more uh, between by this time tomorrow night. For those of you that are brand new to the show, what we do, we're going to start with the COVID discussion first, and then we get into our best bets and take them with a grain of salt, as you'll hear my guys talk about, because of the uncertainty with COVID, seven different teams, Rams, Browns, Falcons, Bears, Lions, Vikings, Washington, all working virtually right now. And I don't know about you, but playing football, you can't do it virtually. Luckily, today is Tuesday. It's a normal day off for NFL teams, but as Mikey said, it may grow. So let me come back to you, RJ, before we get into our best bets when a fan at home is looking at something and the reason we do the show is to get the edge on the number how much does what we have so far and the fact that you said it's growing should affect how cautious we are this week yeah it kind of depends you want to get if you if you find a way to get in on a number well it's still good i'll take the raiders for example um in that browns game uh the browns were were reported to be an enhanced mitigation protocol early in the day i started writing up a pick not knowing who was going to be out just knowing that some names are going to come down there's probably going to be a lot of names the line hadn't moved at that point it was still six so i put that out and said Raiders plus six, you know, for these reasons, then the names come out, the line moves all the way down. People are reacting to it. Once it gets to three, which I think is where it's settled now. I mean, you can't make your pick based on the COVID protocols at this point because it's already baked into the line. Now it's old news. Yep. So if you get future information you think is coming, you can, you know, sway you one way or the other there. But it's kind of like come and gone at this point. So you have to be ready to move on these early if you're going to move on them. I wouldn't suggest taking taking the Raiders plus three because of this protocol, this um, COVID issue. 
on the Browns, unless you think, okay, now I'm getting word that maybe Baker's out, maybe some other huge players are mm-hmm. out, and it's going to move the line again. Then maybe you jump on it. But, but um, you know, don't don't play it now after after the move. It, that's just kind of uh, old information at this point. You're not taking advantage of that information. It's already baked into the number. Mikey, when you have names like Jarvis Landry, uh, Wyatt Teller, and uh, other players like that. All these players are vaccinated, which certainly makes a difference in COVID uh, protocol. And then you have the Rams, who won last night, and now you got OBJ, and you got seven for the Rams who play the Seahawks this week. We knew that this was coming. Did you think it would be as bad as what it seems like the breakouts uh, are right now with these NFL teams? Uh, honestly, no, I did not expect it to be as crazy as it has been in the last 48 hours. Um, and, you know, you have to be a little cautious with it just based on the sheer numbers. Um, there's there's really one of two things going on, right? Number one, they've either like the, the testing protocols have changed. There's a ton of bad tests out there and they're actually not testing positive. And we'll find that out like we've seen in the NBA. We've seen a lot of players test positive, retest again the next day, can't ever get another positive test. They're cleared to play a day later. So it's that or they're actually infected. And if they're actually infected, we would see things like we saw today, which was 20 plus more cases. We'll see mm-hmm. 15 to 20 more tomorrow. Um, that's typically where it's trending here. So I'm a little surprised that we've the volume that we've seen. But it's to the point where we've seen so many that, um, like I said, it's either something in the way that they're testing that has changed or there's legitimate breakouts. And if there's legitimate breakouts, we're, we're heading to postpone games. RJ, Mikey brings up a really good point. And the NFL did confirm today that Tyler Higby, the really good tight end for the Rams, he didn't play last night. He was out because of the COVID protocols, and it was a false positive. He could have played last night and should have played last night. How big of an issue do you think these false positive tests are? And if you're a team that has a player like a Tyler Higby, what do you do? Yeah, I think you just have to, to play it safe. And and even though there is that one case, we do see in other sports that, that you know, it's kind of ramping up and we see postponements in the NHL. And we, we've seen these things that it's happening all over. So it's not like this random thing where the NFL is just getting some bad samples. You are going to get some false positives in there, but it seems pretty clear right now that a lot of these are true positives. Um, if these players are vaccinated, they're probably not going to be serious cases, but they don't want it to spread all over the league and create lots of serious cases. Mm-hmm. That's why you're seeing these very enhanced mitigation protocols and just trying to do what they can to make sure it doesn't spread. Now, there's only so much you can do. I mean, um, you know, the Rams had those two positives. They took the players out. Higby was a false positive. They go out and play. But it was clear we we're going to get more more positive tests at some point coming from them. You don't just have those couple players and be done. And then we get Odell Beckham and several other players are now on the thing. So those guys all played and they made contact with the Cardinals. And it's, it's football. You can't really keep guys apart from each other. Yeah. Um, so now you're going to see probably some some positives pop up on the Cardinals. You just don't know. And it's, it could spread. So the I think the biggest thing the NFL doesn't want to happen is postponements, is having to push cancel games, push the, game, push the season back. So they're going to do whatever they can to make sure – we have some type of football going on, and it's not going to affect the schedule too much. Yeah, we don't want to see games on Monday, games on Tuesday. But let's remember this. I also think, guys, that there's some uh, some relaxation going on from the NFL, the teams, and the players. Because last year, the Seahawks, they made it through the entire season, not one positive COVID test. It can be done, but you can't let up. And now that we're a year past the height of COVID, it's now coming back with different variants, and players have to be careful because look at this. There's 10 teams right now with the added team in the playoffs. There's 10 teams on both sides. 
that still have a very good chance to make the playoffs. And because of COVID, that might hurt their chances moving forward. And this is something they have to take seriously. All right, let's move on. Let's get into our best bets for the week. RJ, I'm going to let you go first. What do you got for us early on a Tuesday, sir? Yeah, so with the caveat that we players could get ruled out and some of these lines could move and change, you just don't know. But knowing what we know now, love the Steelers plus one and a half. I don't think this, the Titans should be favored in this game just because the Titans blew you know, blew out, quote-unquote blew out the Jaguars 20 to nothing. The offense didn't look great in that game, and that's against a team that just does not show up week after week. Um, and they only managed to score 20 points. Um, so I'm a little suspect there of the Titans, and I think that their offense could be in a, still be in a little bit of trouble because I haven't liked what they've seen from them. Steelers, I mean, they get behind big every single week, it seems like. I think two mm-hmm. of the last four weeks, they've been down 20-something points in the fourth quarter, and they rally back and make it a game. So they can just figure out how to wake up early in the game. They, they you know, they, they'd uh, have a lot better chance. But if the Titans aren't going to get up to big leads, then when you rally back, if you're Pittsburgh, you're going to win the game because uh, you don't have that much for, far to go. So I just think Steelers are playing better than the Titans right now. In Pittsburgh, it's just wild to me that the Titans are favored in this game. I think it closes either at Pickham or Pittsburgh favored. So I wanted to get on the one and a half. Um, Houston plus three and a half. Uh, when I saw that Houston was a three-point dog to the Jaguars, a team that, like I said, never <laughs> shows up, the worst coach in the league, like you just, you know, no player there wants to be there with all the reports you're hearing and you make them three point favorites against a team that they were three points favorite on the road in week one and Houston crushed them. And it was a team that you don't have any expectation for Houston. Um, so now why are you making them three point favorites here? Houston's playing a lot harder. The offense played well against Seattle. We, I liked what I saw to Davis Mills. Um, he played way better in that game than Trevor Lawrence has at any point this season. Um, and that's, that's an indictment on the coaching staff and urban Meyer, because we know that Trevor Lawrence is way more, more talented than Davis Mills. He should not be looking better mm-hmm. in, in a football game against Seattle than than what Trevor Lawrence has. So now that it's, it's I guess money's come in on Jacksonville. People buying into Jacksonville for some reason. That's <laughs> a three and a half. You've got to love Houston at three and a half at this point um, against, against the worst team in the league. And then Cincy plus one and a half. Another case where I was a little bit surprised this look ahead was I believe Cincy minus two and a half and moved four points because Denver rolled the Lions. But we know that was like half a Lions team. Lions were already already one ten and one worst team in the league. And then they show up with half a team because of COVID protocols and injuries and all that. And you get into play Godwin Iquibuque and, and Jamar and not even Jamar Jefferson. He got <laughs> he got benched for missing practice. And now Craig something Reynolds is your is your number one running back. And you roll that team. Congratulations, Denver. That doesn't really mean <laughs> so um I've been impressed by what I've seen from Cincy. So I think they come in, they can they can win this game. Joe Burrow, the pinky injury was an issue going into last week. He looked fine. His stats were great. I know he didn't play well early in the game, but by the end, he was chucking it all over the place. So I think since he's the better team here, and I like them to go in and win that game. And then I have a teaser, teasing the Dolphins with with the Patriots. I think people are so going to be surprised with that Patriots line. Um, it was it was Colts minus two, and now it's going up. So it seems like there is some, some sharp money on the Colts here, and um, people are probably like, why? The Patriots are the hottest team right now and um i I agree you get to three i'm probably gonna like the patriots even though i have the colts higher than a lot of people um because it's just they shouldn't be three-point dogs with how they're playing but you can tease it all the way up through three and seven get it to eight and a half i think you got to do that and then teasing the dolphins down you want to take any team laying less than three against the jets because the jets are, are terrible as well um so like dolphins coming into that game um, rested. Hopefully they won't lose too many players to COVID. I know they lost a bunch of their running backs to COVID, but it's possible Gaskin comes back this week. We'll see if, if he can clear protocol in time. Um, but yeah, those those two teams, um, I, I like them as a value on a teaser as long as you can get the numbers that we have there. 
Oh, man, I love that teaser. I love those picks. And hopefully you all got those ears open. Great analysis this week, probably more than any other week of the year. We don't know what's going to happen, but that is kind of on brand for how the season has gone. We haven't had any idea what, it, what is going to happen at all. But I'll tell you this. How about Shad Khan, RJ, saying, you know what? We're not going to rush into a decision about Urban Meyer. It's week 15. What else do you need to know other than the fact that he's not an NFL coach, he's not good at coaching pros up, and he's certainly not good at getting coaches and players to follow him? What else do you need to know? But, hey, we'll keep cashing tickets, right? I think Shad Khan is taking to the approach to uh, evaluating his coaches as Urban Meyer is taking to coaching football games. He just seems checked out. He doesn't know what's going on. People ask him questions. He's like, oh, yeah, that Urban guy doing good. They're like, no, he's not. He's like, oh, uh, oh yeah, we're not, we're not going to rush in anything. You know, I, I don't know. I don't really watch the games. Yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious. But we'll keep betting against Jacksonville. We'll keep winning. All right, Mikey, your best bets for the week. And I love that first one. What do you got, pal? Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to be able to get some value on the Chiefs. Fortunately, or unfortunately, really, it's at the expense of Chris Jones, um, ruled out for COVID in this one. That's why the lines moved back from four down to minus three. It's showing signs of potentially going to two and a half. Um, I think it's a super vulnerable spot for him, so I don't know if we'll see it yet. But right now in DraftKings, you can get a very friendly price of three at minus 105, the reduced juice there. Uh, Kansas City, look, I make them 5.6 points better on a neutral field. I've got them all the way back up to being right equal with the Buccaneers as the two best teams in the NFL, right where we had them to start the season. Uh, and I'm comfortable putting them there just because of how good they have been defensively recently. Uh, and knock on wood, they're, you know, other than COVID that could come in, they're actually healthy. Um, we saw Michael Hardman come in and actually play well in that last game. His demotion the game before seems to have woken him up a little bit as well. Um, I, I just think they're the better team here. I'm a little concerned on the on the uh, the Chargers side with Austin Eckler. He was pretty banged up in that game. Um, he, he's going to play in this game. He's not the kind of player that sits out in these spots, but he could be limited just enough to really, really help that Chiefs defense. Um, and again, I think they're a better team. There's no real home field advantage in a lot of places in the NFL, especially true in Southern California there. Um, again, I make it 5.6 on a neutral. I give them 1.3 for home field. You could maybe argue up to two. Like either way, you're still getting through the three. Um, so I, I like Kansas City here. I'm going to continue to ride their success. Titans Steelers over 41 and a half. I also like the Steelers. I might play the Steelers plus two where they are on DraftKings. As you can see, if you're watching the screen, I have them in a teaser as well. Uh, ben has two more games left in Pittsburgh. This is one of his final two games in Pittsburgh. He plays the uh, the Browns, uh, I believe, in week 17. Um, but this is one of the last games for him. We saw in one of their previous games when they were getting destroyed, they let him throw out there in garbage time. They let him do anything that he wants. I think that's going to allow them to keep the foot on the pedal no matter what the game script is. It should lead to the over coming in here. Uh, I do think both teams are going to be able to put up just enough points. This game's got 24-20 written all over it to me, uh, and hopefully with a Steelers win, frankly. But uh, the number here at 41.5 is just a touch too low. I personally would set the number at 43.5 for this one. I'm a little shocked at that. Not a ton of weather. Yes, it'll be cold in Pittsburgh, but that's to be expected at this point in the season. Um, so you see my next pick. I'm teasing them as well. Got them up to plus eight right now in DraftKings. The Ravens are sitting at plus five. You can tease them up to plus 11 against the Packers. Not overly concerned with Lamar Jackson's injury. 
Um, not a high ankle sprain, more of a lower ankle sprain, one that we typically see like NBA basketball players even come back from this mm -hmm. in two nights, um, two to three nights. So I would expect him right there to be able to come back and play in this game. One thing I love about the Ravens, we end up betting them a lot. We end up teasing them a lot. They have a unique ability, kind of like the Pittsburgh team, to find yes. a way to be competitive and relevant at the end of every single game. And that's just simply what they do. I like them playing at home here. Uh, I think it could be a tiny bit of a letdown spot for the Packers on the road um, in this spot here. So I, I like them getting the points here up to plus 11. And those are my three picks as of now. I love them a lot. And to back up your point about home field advantage, I subscribe to a SoFi Stadium website that gives you updates about ticket prices and things like that. Tickets are going up for Thursday, which means one and only one thing, Mikey. A whole bunch of people are flying out from Kansas City on Thursday to go to the game and a bunch of transplanted people, too, because when tickets go up, that means they have demand. And there's not a big demand from Charger fans out here. So that there's going to be a lot of Chiefs fans in the building on Thursday night. Quick chat question for you, RJ. Would we play the Cleveland under due to COVID? That question is from Butch. Um, I think it's already dropped a couple points. So um, like I said earlier, if you didn't play it at the 42, I wouldn't bait COVID into your analysis to play it at 40 um, or if it goes any lower than that. Um, you know, we right now it's the offensive players that that are getting ruled out for the most part. I mean, Tech McKinley, I think, was on the list, too. But, um, you know, what if you play that under and then all of a sudden, you know, the Miles Garrett's ruled out and and the key cornerbacks ruled out and all of a sudden you're like, that number goes up to back to 42. And you said, well, I should have waited, you know, because um, mm -hmm. to see how this plays out. So um, if you could have gotten it at 42 and you liked it on that side, and you thought 41 is key number. I think that I want to get it before it drops below 41, then yes. But at this point at 40, I, don't play it just because of the COVID. You have to like the analysis otherwise to to uh, to play it under 40. Okay, very good. I On the flip side of that, I love that Steelers over. I think Mikey is spot on. Big Ben's going to do whatever he wants to do, and he loves to throw the ball, and he's going to say, screw it. I don't care how many points we score or how many we're behind. I love that as well. All right, let's get into every single game right now. This is my favorite part of the entire week. Eric, I see you in the chat. We love this channel too. Thanks so much for hanging out with us all the time. So let's start. We've got games Thursday. We've got games Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's an NFL better's dream. Mikey, I'm going to start with you because you are the biggest Chiefs fan that I know outside of myself. Thursday night football. They're laying three. They're in L.A., the total city on 52. Start the discussion. Yeah, typically you, you don't look to, to back road favorites in the road chalk in this spot, especially on short weeks. But uh, as I mentioned, there's no real home field advantage to speak of. I've been generous, in my opinion, making it worth 1.3 points this week. I, I truly think it's maybe half a point. Um, so being generous like that with the home field, I make this number 4.3 with Chris Jones out. Uh, this line was sitting at four with Chris Jones in, uh, that was going to be an appropriate spot. It's moved back down to three. There is a small chance that it moves to two and a half. Of course, we have the added COVID risk. I will say there is some enhanced risk because you saw Josh Gordon get ruled out. Josh Gordon played a little mm -hmm. more in that game. He was very close to the wide receivers. Obviously one key weapon, Tyree kill is someone that he spent a lot of time around. Um, so just there is some risk with it, but there's also a risk on the Chargers side. We know that Austin Eckler is banged up a little bit. We know that they're coming off dealing with COVID issues themselves over the last week uh, with Mike Williams being a close contact, didn't actually test positive there. Keenan Allen was out. 
offensive players, key offensive players. Um, I, I would much rather be on the Kansas City side here than the Chargers side of that one. So at three, it's just a pure price point play, um, getting back down to the key number here. And I, I like it. And then my simulation total number is 51 and a half. I think you can have a slight lean towards the under if you want to, as I do think both teams try to play a controlled game and eat some clock at times, have some of those longer sustained drives. But I, I'm not touching the total on it because the players who could potentially get ruled out in this one definitely would impact the total on it. RJ, are we undervaluing the Chiefs right now? Because it seems like to me they've gotten back to being the Kansas City Chiefs that we believe will go to a third straight Super Bowl. Do they get to play the Raiders every week? <laughs> I mean, a couple of them. Good. Touche. <laughs> That's what they should have. They should have petitioned the league to put the Raiders on their schedule every week because they've scored 89 points in two games against the Raiders during oh, wow. the stretch and 77 points in the last five games versus non-Raiders opponents. So I do think the offense looks good. Um, they're they're improving, and we thought they were improving in that first Raiders game when they threw up 41, and then it kind of you know cycled back a little bit, and they they didn't look quite as good the next couple games. Play the Raiders again. Here we go again. So I you know with their potential, I want to say yes, they're definitely back. Even in that Raiders game, though, I mean, how do you put up that many points and Travis Kelsey doesn't really do anything? Mm -hmm. um, Tyreek Hill doesn't do much. It seems to me like if that offense is humming, those guys are putting up massive numbers, and and, and, um, and they're the reason they're putting up those point totals. And the reason, I mean, maybe it's a good thing they were able to get that amount of points with secondary weapons and not, not those two guys, but um, I want to see you know those guys at their peak capacity like we know they're capable of. Combine that with a defense that's playing awesome, and they're the best team in the league if that happens. Um, but I'm still you know, a little bit skeptical on the offense. Not I, I don't, skeptical is probably the wrong word. I'm a little cautious on the offense um, because uh, just because you you rattle Royal, you know, over the the Raiders twice doesn't doesn't really mean much because we already see them do it before. Um, another key COVID list we didn't talk about is Rashawn Slater. Just a, an amazing tackle for them. Amazing pick by the Chargers. Um, and when he got put on the COVID list, I was like, oh no, you know, that's against that Chiefs defensive line the way they've been playing. That's a really really bad issue there. Um, now Chris Jones is out on the other side, so a little bit different position as long as the Chiefs weren't planning on moving Chris Jones back to the outside for some reason. But, um, you know, we, we'll we see. It's a little bit different of a matchup than, than it would have been otherwise. Keenan Allen expected to be back. Um, they, they said before that last week's game that uh, they thought he'd be back this week. So if he does come back, big boost for the Chargers, obviously. Ideally, if you're the Chargers, you're kind of through your COVID issues by this point while other people are in the middle of theirs because we saw them put Allen and, and Mike Williams on early last week. Um, so if Chargers are going to unleash Herbert down the field, which it looks like they did with Allen out, I mean, they're a much better offense. That's what he should be doing. When Allen comes back, if they can go back to the short stuff and kind of rein him in, it doesn't do them any favors. So you combine that with the Eckler stuff. I'm probably staying away from this game. I like the Chargers when it was four a little bit, um, if they were at full strength. Um, because when the line opened at three and moved up, I was like, well, Chargers, solid team. I, I do agree that there is, I've, I've said a lot, there's no home field in that Charger stadium. They're, they're not a good team. Mm -hmm. But the thing that swings that is when you get a great quarterback on your franchise and then people can start to buy into that. The casual fans want to go see him. They think that this could be a playoff team. This could be a Super Bowl team and they get more and more buy-in. And Justin Herbert, I mean, week after week starting to look like that guy. There's some buzz sleeper MVP kind of candidate. I know he's going to have a better record, but, but if you're building a franchise, some people are like, I mean, he's probably the second guy I would take behind Mahomes. And at this point, maybe even tipping to one, maybe the conversation's there. Um, I've heard that buzz a little bit on Twitter the last week or two. And um, 
So people are going to be excited to root for that guy. So that's how you build a home crowd. You build build people at your home stadium. You get people interested, and you get people that might have been casual fans, might be Rams fans. They start, oh, I'm going to go play, play, root for this Herbert guy. He's pretty awesome, and be a Chargers fan. So Chiefs will probably take over that stadium this this year. But uh, you know, just moving forward, keep an eye on that. I don't know that Chargers are always just going to be like routed in their home stadium moving forward. I think they actually might have a decent home field advantage as the legend of Herbert grows and people buy into him a little bit more. I think that's a great, great point. Right now, the Chargers are a playoff team at eight and five. The five teams tied at seven and six would fight for that sixth and seventh playoff spot to your point. Shout out to Carlos in the chat. He says, shout out to the coach for getting the right, uh, getting me right on these bets, especially Alabama. You guys are the best. By the way, early morning show, Alabama's bet on the wild. She's been on fire. That game has been postponed. She did text me and said, I will put out a new play on social media. Go so see, Go see her on Twitter for that new play from the morning show. All right, guys, let's move into the next game on our board. And that is Saturday. Two games on Saturday, 4.30 Eastern time. Raiders, Browns, Browns minus three, total 40. RJ, we talked about at the top of the show. This number started at six, down to three. Is this a stay away altogether, or do you think there's some value? Yeah, I put it in at, at plus six. I was in the process of working it up, like I said, and then the, the news kind of broke out that multiple players, key players on offense would be out as soon as I hit submit. So I'm like, well, you know, people aren't going to be able to get this long. So hopefully you have the alerts turned on and, and you you jump on it right away and got that six. Um, Waller might be back. You know, he's been missed the last several weeks. Um, that Vegas offense is just too easy to defend without him. It's going to let Renfro get his 13 catches for 70 yards or whatever he's going to get because he doesn't, you know, go downfield. And um, then you can just keep everything in front of you and and defend them pretty easily um so it, it was hard for me to back vegas because it seems in some senses that they've quit on the season and they know that mm-hmm. obviously bisak isn't going to be the, the coach moving forward um so they're kind of you know, wait, who's going to come into this building what are we going to look like moving forward who's going to be here um but the reason i ultimately went with it is that the cleveland offense even before these these absences just isn't very good we see these games they come out, um, and, and they had they they kind of head faked me with the since I believe it was since he came, they scored forty points. Um, but aside from that, they're just putting up these these. I think they went um, two months, and they only scored more than two touchdowns in that one game. And, and it's just offensively, you know, you, you throw in the scoop and score with Miles Garrett doesn't count. But that offense just is not capable of putting up in the mid even the mid twenties to high twenties, you know, by on their own. And it's hard to lay a six points with a team like that. So that's why I ultimately went with Vegas in that sense. Now you get it down to three. I mean that's just a field goal. You can anything can really happen in this lower scoring game where uh, it's a three point margin. So um I moved the Vegas down two and a half points after what I saw last week against the Chiefs. They they looked like they were motivated. They came out, they stomped on the logo. They're like, yeah, this this is us. And then they went out and got their butts kicked for for three hours. Um so good job by them. Uh, but yeah, with that Cleveland um, offense, just not not a big fan of them. I'm going to trust that, that Carr won't let his team quit when they're just one win out of a playoff spot, even with how poorly they've played over the last month. And then they'll come out, they'll show something in this game, they'll keep it close. So I like Vegas plus six. I would lean Vegas plus three, but I don't love it as a play. Yeah, right now, right now. I mean, you mentioned some of the teams you can't believe they're in the playoff race. Steelers, Falcons on the other side. A lot of teams that are very much alive because of that seventh spot. Mikey, the Browns, are they the team? that raced out and scored 24 points or are they the team that in the second half went to sleep, went to bed? I, I don't know. And it's hard to say with all the, uh, the, the COVID stuff too. Um, man, I, I don't really want any part of this game because I, I, you know, if it gets below three, I, I could back the Browns, uh, at this point, just being on their home field, but I don't have a ton of interest. The issue is, is like, 
they're so beat up. Like the entire offensive line almost is out. The three biggest pieces for sure. We know Conklin's already out for the season with the injury, but Conklin, mm-hmm. Wills, Teller, like all those guys out. Kareem Hunt is banged up as well. I don't even know if he's on the COVID list. I think he's just banged up in that game. Uh, they need him. They absolutely need Kareem Hunt in this game. Um, when, when that line is beat up, they're going to have to dump passes to him. So I would monitor the status there. If Kareem Hunt is in and active and you can somehow get this at two and a half, I do like the Browns at that point. Um, as, as I think he's talented enough to get the job done with, with them, but it's going to be a heavy dose of the running backs. The problem is that it's not just the line, the tight ends, uh, Austin Hooper and Joku Bryant Carlson. I think all four of them, I, I don't know. I mean, they're gonna have to call tight ends up off the practice squad and go sign wow. someone in an emergency situation. If they end up playing this game on Saturday. Um, I, you know, I said, no, they said they don't want to, but if anything else changes, they, like they literally might have to, they may not be able to feel the team play in this game. It's going to be a dicey thing, guys, to figure. I know the NFL didn't want to postpone any games this year. They said, hey, you're going to play, and you're going to bring guys up, and it's going to be on you and all of that. But if you have a bunch of teams that this happens to, you just can't do that. You can't have eight forfeits on the schedule, whatever it would be. By the way, one well, stat. I'll say to- something real yeah, quick RJ? to build off, yeah. build off of that point. If anybody okay. knows all the street tight ends you want to bring in, those Kevin Stefanski without he runs his offense. You know, if if anyone was built Fair. for this moment of having to bring tight ends into the building, Kevin Stefanski is going to have some some D three player that he's like, I've always wanted to give this guy an opportunity. Let me go get him. You know, and 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 bring him on practice squad, elevate him, and all of a sudden that guy is blocking his butt off in the game, and you're like, who is this kid? You know, I n- never heard of him in my life. That guy just loves his <laughs> tight ends. Yeah, Mikey. Um, I I will say I do respect Stefanski there, and th- this is this is a game that a lot of people probably don't want a part of. I will be monitoring it though because I do think there's a chance I get to play the Browns if they do play this game. Um, I expect them to be super creative. If Hunt is available, expect to see situations with Hunt and Chubb on the field together. I, I think they're totally okay. going to redesign things on the fly. Um, but really what I would be most interested in, and I'm sure Alex will talk about it later in the week, uh, I would definitely be interested in some Kareem Hunt player props uh, just because okay. the usage, if he's available, it's going to be incredible in this game. All right. I will make sure and ask Alec, Alex about that on Friday on our prop show, 2 p.m. Eastern time every single Friday right here on this YouTube channel. If you're not a member yet, subscribe. It's for free. Turn on those notifications. Listen to Kelsey in the chat. Hit that like button for me. It's very, very uh, important. Dan, Wants to tell you, RJ, thank you for the futures. You've, you're going to hit Washington. You're going to hit the Lions. You're going to hit the Jets. You're going to hit the Rams. It goes on and on and on from our futures episode that me and you just crushed it. Well, you crushed it. So thank you from Dan. Good job, Dan. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Dan. Good job, Dan. I didn't play. I mean, I didn't play every single thing that I had on there. The stuff I had, like you didn't put Jaguars on that list. That was my my number one. Got to play the Jaguars under because good luck with that coaching staff. But I'm on the Lions under two. That's looking great. I'm on uh, the Giants. Are pretty good. And you know, that's one I definitely w- was on. Um, and um, we have a little sweat for the Colts. I played the Colts over when it reopened when when Wentz was coming back because I got a good number on it and uh, hoping to get to that that uh, ten at, at some very nice plus odds. You know, at the at the ten. Um, so we'll see if it happens. I say this all the time. If you guys aren't following this man on Twitter, I suggest you go do it and do it now. Your tweet about you're winning the Jags bet it was one of the funniest things I've read in the last couple of days. Easiest sweat of all time, certainly. All right, we got to speed it up a little bit because we're having too much fun. We could be here for four hours talking about this week. Uh, Patriots and Coles. This is just the second game on Saturday, 8.15 Eastern time. And this is a number, guys, that, that I'll be honest with you. It shocks me a little bit. And I learned from you guys every single week. And this is why I was a bad better in my 20s when I didn't listen to anybody. 
Because if I just look at this, I go, oh, I'm, I'm betting the Patriots. But tell me why. Tell me why, Mikey, the Colts are favored here and why we shouldn't just blindly bet the number one seed in the AFC. Well, for one, it's really difficult to go win football games on the road in the NFL. Um, number two, the, the Patriots haven't been a great team away from home. They've been, you know, they've obviously won games, but they haven't been great on the road. So that that's why you see it here. You've been puddled. We, we've all collectively, I would say everyone's been a little puzzled by how the Colts always rate so high in models, how they always rate so mm -hmm. high. Um, there's a lot of sharp people that like them, but they're looking, you know, they've, they've drastically underperformed uh, in terms of their record typically. So as far as this game, though, I do think it's probably closer to a pick'em. Uh, I would make the line Colts minus 1.2. So between one, one and a half is where I would make it. Uh, so I do think it's a little bit inflated there. The minus two and a half is certainly begging, you know, a, a casual better to bet the home team here at less than a field goal. Uh, but I, I do think you're getting pretty decent value here on the Patriots. I actually make the Patriots literally the number four team uh, in the power ratings this week, which okay. is saying a lot. They've come a long way. Uh, they definitely were not the top three to four team for me before. Um, I'm still very high on the Colts. I still make these two teams better, two of the better teams in the AFC. Um, but I would lean uh, just like RJ is with the uh, – the Patriots in this game. Yeah. And the teaser RJ, I mean, I can't imagine any team in the NFL beating the Patriots by more than eight points or more than a touchdown, to be honest with you. I think that teaser play with the Patriots is genius and it screams teaser this week. Yeah. My only worry is that what if the Colts get up early because the Patriots have been dominating these games with their defense and running. And once they get ahead, they know what teams are going to do and they're able to just lock them down defensively. But what if it's 10, nothing yep. Colts in, at the end of the first quarter, mm -hmm. then, uh, then now Mac Jones has to go out and win a game. And as and well as he's played, you know, he's, I'm not going to dog him for being terrible. He's going to win rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. He's going to deserve it, but um, he hasn't had to do too much. You know, can he go on the road? And if he's down, beat a good team. If any scoring points, um, and, and win that kind of shootout. I don't even think Tom Brady was able to do that early in his career. It was a lot of relying on defense, running, managing mm -hmm. the game, doing what Mac Jones is doing. So it'll be something if he can go in and they get down. He, he has he the fortitude to pull it out there. Um, but I do believe that just like Mikey, there's value on the Patriots here. This line looks so ridiculous to a lot of people. The, pay, the public's going to be all over the Patriots. They're probably hoping they get three, but they're going to be on the Patriots no matter what um but i have them five points better than than an average team because that defense is playing so well um and but i have the colts four points better than an average team so i think they're right there um i have an indy minus one um new england was favored on the look ahead sharp money flipped it despite neither team playing last week um so we'll see new england's probably going to be challenging this game like they haven't been uh, since week eight really even that bills game they had a good plan they came in they executed it well but what really wasn't a very competitive game once they hit that long run um so we'll see if this becomes a competitive game can mac jones get it done i think probably he can love teasing it up but i am a little worried that you know it could be if they get behind it could be a little blowout scene and he just doesn't have it for whatever reason we'll see mm -hmm. all right we'll keep in mind i'm willing to bet that he keeps them in it regardless of the game script because i I believe in them. I believe in the quarterback. I believe in Mac Jones. I believe in all of it. Uh, by the way, we have across the bottom of the hour, if you are brand new and you just dropped into the stream, this is Early Edge Live. Our Week 15 NFL Mega Preview with M-Squared, RJ, and me, the coach. We're now heading into our Sunday games. And this is kind of a unique situation, RJ, that the Bills have not been playing well. They're now 7-6 and six for a team that many thought could make it to the Super Bowl. Everybody's saying, well, should they feel good about the fact they were down by 17 against the Bucs? They come back. 
force overtime when maybe some feel they should have gone for it to win the game in regulation, but they don't win. They lose by six. They don't even cover, and now they're favored by 10.5 at home in a must-win situation against Carolina, the total sitting at 43.5. Where are the Bills mentally right now? It's tough. They they go, they you know, snowstorm, just absolutely terrible game. They go and get beat by their division rival in a game they thought probably figured they had to have for that division, and they lose that game. And they got to go on the road and play the best quarterback of all time that tormented them for 20 years, and uh, they get way down. Um, they At halftime, they look at themselves in the mirror and say, we need to, you know, man up, and, and if we're going to be a, a playoff team and a quality team, we got to go out there and get this, and they do, and they still don't even get the win. So it's just it's just hard to to do that week after week. This is probably looked at as a pushover. They desperately need a win and to look good. So it's kind of like the Rams when they run their three game losing streak and they go out and they slaughter the Jaguars. Um, but I, the Rams have a level and a gear that I don't know that the Bills have right now. I think it's too many points to lay with the Bills when their offense is so inconsistent. Then you throw an Allen dealing with a foot issue, and if he's not able to have that mobility and in, in the running game that he normally has, that's a much different player. He's a great, great passer, great downfield thrower. But um, if he if he's not scaring teams running the ball, then it's a little easier to defend him. Um, so I would look to Carolina plus seven and a half, but I don't have any trust in Carolina either when they want to platoon their quarterbacks, which just never works in the NFL at the NFL level. You're like, we're going to play this guy sometime, this guy the other time. It's just they don't get their na- the necessary uh, uh, practice and, and um, you know, preparation they need before in the week leading up to the game. Um, so I was surprised by how poorly the Carolina D played against the limited Atlanta offense. You know, the, maybe they've checked out and they're kind of tired of Joe Brady. They see Joe Brady get fired and they, they're like, nothing's working here. We'll, we'll uh, you know, um, put, pull our cards in and, and prepare for next season. I'm probably not going to play this game unless Buffalo somehow gets down a few more points in the teasing range and then look to tease them down to two and a half. But I don't think that's going to happen. P- people aren't going to be that in love with taking the Panthers with how they've looked the last few weeks. Mikey, is this a stay away for you too? Yeah, it's a stay away. Uh, the simulation number on it is 9.6. So it'd give a little lean to the Panthers through a somewhat key number of 10, but not something I'd be interested in. Um, you know, Josh Allen banged up a little bit. Makes a lot of sense um, why the, the model's that way. Gabriel Davis, still a capable replacement for Emmanuel Sanders there. Um, look, I I really don't want any part of it. Um, the question is, is, like RJ said, I can't trust a team that's, platooning quarterbacks like that um it would be one thing if it was a situation where it's a goal to go situation inside the six yard line and cam newton comes in and plays and and he doesn't the other time i'm happy to invest in something like that i like that a lot but when when they're alternating drives and and have no real Mm -hmm. rhyme or reason for why they're platooning quarterbacks when they are um you know i I don't want any part of it i will say when cam newton is right which is likely only going to be one to two weeks a year uh in, in his current state um, you know, he's easily got the capability of, co- of covering a number like this, but, um, you know, on a, on a full week like this on a Tuesday, when we still have a lot of news, like I have many other ways to invest my money than this one. <laughs> this is a great teaching moment too, for everybody watching at home. The hardest thing to do is look at an NFL game when you get to Sunday and not bet it. And we preach on this show at this brand with all of my amazing, uh, football minds. You don't have to bet every single game on the board just because it's available on the board. And what I would recommend, don't even go back and look at the pick that you would have made in that game. Just let it go. Just look at the three or four or five, whatever. So that way you don't second guess yourself. Because it's not money you would have lost or you would have won. It just doesn't matter. All right, now let's go to our next game. And this is also a good rebound spot, Mikey, for the Cardinals. They did not look good last night because Kyler Murray turned the ball over just way too much. He can't do that. 
but they're laying 13 and a half on the road in the Motor City. The total sitting at 47 and a half. Is this line also too much despite the Lions being in the COVID protocol? I think it's a little too much. I mean, it's a tough line to set, right? I mean, it, it should be between 12 and a half and 14. Like, I think there's very little doubt about that. Uh, my question here is, I don't think Kyler looked 100% at, at times during that game. He did get hit a little bit. Um, their goal is going to be to get in and get out with a win and, and stay healthy. Yep. Um, you know, I think Chase Edmonds will be back. That, that'll change things a little bit. That certainly helps them take some workload off of James Conner, who they need to decrease the workload just a little bit in a game like this to make sure they keep everyone healthy. Um, it, it's a very, very easy stay away from me. Uh, you know, if you want to get crazy and, and tease the, the, the lions up near the, the 20 point mark, but, uh, just not something I'd recommend really at this point in the season. Um, you know, I, I think the motivation for Arizona is there to win the game. I don't know how much the motivation is there to ensure that they're up three scores late in this one. Um, so yeah, it's, I personally, I can't get to anything in it. Maybe the that's under, that's but yeah, I don't feel great about that. Such great points by you. Such great points by you. Because, RJ, it's at this point in the season. This is such so different. And I hear people on Twitter all the time talking about the difference between college football betting and uh, the NFL football betting. And the NFL style points mean nothing. The W means everything. So Arizona traveling all the way to Detroit, obviously they just want to get in and get out healthy. Is there anything in this game that you could see playing? Yeah, I kind of like the Lions. I mean, it's a major sleepy spot for Arizona coming off a Rams game Monday night. I know it's a loss. They play Indy next Saturday, um, so a Christmas game. Um, so, you know, that's a much tougher matchup. They're, I don't know, think they have to take the Lions seriously in this game, and they'll probably approach it as such. Um, Detroit last week, I mean, they, they were missing like half the team, you know, with injuries and COVID and just things happen. And they still competed for a half, and the, the absences were just too much to overcome when all was said and done. And um, they had covered four straight before that. They're they're eight and five against spread, and so this is a lot of points for a home dog that shows up and has played really above its talent level and its capability. And I think it's a testament to how well Dan Campbell is coaching this team. You look at their record; they're like, well, how can you say this guy's coaching well? And it just his team seems to love him. And they play. did you know that while over sixty percent of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than twenty percent of them take the first step. The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands play for him they play hard for him every week and he's throwing you know craig reynolds out there a running back and just who who knows what a receiver and he's getting it done um they scooped up josh reynolds off the waiver wire a few weeks back and he's turned into a pretty key contributor for him in the passing game and so it's just jared goff doesn't look completely terrible um all the time which i think a lot of people just figured he would going away from sean McVay. and he did a little bit earlier in the season but you know he had a good game a few weeks ago um so when you got deandre hopkins and james Conner getting mris for injury on tuesday 
if they're questionable, if they're limited in practice, this is the perfect spot to just rest them. Don't push them hard. Um, you probably have Chase Edmonds coming back for, for the Cardinals anyway. Um, so you can get Connor a little more rest. Hopkins, you have, you know, you go 12 deep at receiver, it seems like in these games, you don't really need to push him in this game against the Lions. So um, I'm not going to play this right now with 13 and a half. I kind of want to see where the injury report goes for Swift and Hawkinson. Um, but that would be this side to me because Detroit seems like they're going to play harder than, than Arizona in this game, considering the Cardinals um, have a long, long January left in front of them, they hope. Um, and the Lions are really just trying to put some wins on the board and feel good going into the offseason. You know, Thomas in the chat says, hasn't Arizona won all their road games by more than 10? There was kind of a cool stat last night on Monday Night Football about the discrepancy between Arizona on the road and Arizona at home. And the numbers are substantially better when they're away from home. Take that for what you will. But it is true. They have played a lot better on the road this year than they have played at home. Next game, RJ, I'm coming to you. Jets and Dolphins. Dolphins are laying eight and a half. We have them in a teaser, the total sitting on 42. And this is a Miami team that low key has been playing some of the best football as far as winning streaks are concerned in the National Football League. And now they have the worst team, maybe the second worst team in the NFL coming to town. Minus eight and a half. Do we like that number? Yeah, and some of that has been built on who have they played, you know, and some of these games that they're they're putting wins together. But then you look at who's on the, the docket for this week, and you're like, well, they're not the people that they've beat haven't been any worse than the Jets. The Jets have looked terrible, and the Jets lost their best offensive contributor, Elijah Moore. You know, a very very good rookie. I think um, if the Jets could put any more wins on the board, he might challenge for rookie of the year. He's, he's been so much for that passing offense. Now he's gone. He's on the IR for a few weeks, so um, they might get Michael Carter back. That should help their running game. Um, but you know. Or running back isn't going to really move the fortunes of this team. Zach Wilson doesn't seem like he, he he's you know pro level yet. He's still struggling week in week out. So Miami defense have been playing well against better quarterbacks than this. I think are going to come in even dealing with COVID issues at running back. I mean, hopefully, like I said, Gaskin can get cleared. But even if not, you know maybe they have to throw more, and that's a good thing when you're playing in the Jets defense because you can throw all over the Jets. They're they're not good on defensive side. I think two will manage just fine in this game. Um, so you know it seems like a big spread for Miami. At first blanche, I didn't want to lay it. That's why I liked it. It was in the teaser range and teased it down. But with Jets being terrible on both sides of the ball, I think you're probably okay to lay it at eight and a half. I, you know, don't don't lay it once it gets up to ten. But eight and a half, I'm kind of fine with. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we got a new viewer, Renald Brown. Say hello to Renald. He says, "I like this show. Input you guys are very good. They're not good. They're great." Uh, I just started listening to you guys. Welcome to the family. Uh, give us a follow on our YouTube page. It's for free. If you want to join Sportsline, hey, you get all of this for 10 bucks a month. There is no better value in all sports betting. Mikey, let me come to you on the Dolphins because they're 6-7. and seven. Quietly, they are not out of the playoff rate, race yet, but yet nobody's talking about them. Yeah, I mean, look, if there's a spot where Tua is going to come out and play really well and look like, you know, what – People think they were getting with Tua when they drafted him out of college. This is the spot for it. Um, it is a huge number still. Uh, it's very, I don't say very easy, but it's very coverable. Uh, a backdoor cover on an eight and a half spread is not terribly difficult uh, to come up with in this league. So I'm a little cautious with laying the eight and a half. I do like the teaser that RJ has. Uh, bringing it down under a field goal, I think, is a pretty good bet here at home. 
And it's not something you see, you know, we, we do a lot. We're typically teasing teams at, at plus two, plus threes, plus fours, and getting, you know, bigger numbers. But this is a spot where I am comfortable teasing it down. I do like it under a field goal. Um, I, I think it's a good matchup for Tua. And I, I don't think the Jets are very good. I know that's not teaching you really anything. We all know the Jets aren't very good. But uh, I do think this is a great spot on the teaser. But outside of that, I don't have much interest in it. I wanted to think that I would have something on the total, but. I, I really don't. It's a slight lean on the over, but I do not feel great about it um, just because there are so many range of outcomes on that Jets offense right now with um, the limited options that they have. So not touching it, but I like the teaser minus two and a half. And Mikey, that's where you are wrong. That does teach us a lot. Sometimes the bet is what's right in front of us. And sometimes you bet against bad teams. I don't know how many times I've overthought it. And been like, I've done it this year with the Jets. Remember when they they played really well for that one week, and now we're backing them against the Colts, and they lose 55 to whatever? It happens. I've learned a lot, so don't think that you don't. All right, this next game, again, it, it's like it's it feels like we're just juggling here, Mikey. We don't know what to do with the Dallas Cowboys. They go into Washington. They build a big lead, and then Washington nearly comes all the way back with a bunch of guys we've never heard of. So now the Cowboys on the road. Laying 10 and a half, the hook, the dreaded hook uh, against a Giants team that their starting quarterback is out. It looks like that Daniel Jones will probably be out for the rest of the season with the neck issue. 44 and a half. The Giants nearly had a ridiculous backdoor cover against the Chargers. Ultimately didn't pull it. Can the Cowboys cover this big number, Mikey, in New Jersey? Yeah, I mean, they can cover it. Uh, these games typically tend to get tight like this. Once again, you know, there's so many big double-digit spreads here. Um, at, at this point, my number on it is 9.9. .9. I have a slight lean on the over, but I don't feel great about it when Glennon is the one uh, taking snaps for the Giants. Um, I think that it's one that if you wanted to just blindly bet the dog here in the division game, I think I'm not going to fault you for it, especially knowing that COVID news could be coming down the pipe and the COVID news, like it's not going to make life much worse for the giants, but it could definitely make life a lot worse for the Cowboys. Um, so I, you know, that's where I would be on it. But as of right now, the closest thing to a play would be a lean on the over 44 and a half as I think it should be closer to 46, but once again, not super comfortable uh, with Glennon at, at this point. So a pretty clear stay away. I know we have a lot of uh, stayaways this week, but you, you get that a lot at this point when you have big big spreads like this. Yeah, that's just the way it is sometimes. And and the nice thing is that especially here at our show, we've got college basketball, we got NBA. There's plenty of stuff, and people really have to get that itch. You don't have to bet on 13 NFL games. RJ, are we overvaluing now Dak Prescott? Because I hear everybody, oh, he's really better than the way he's playing. But week after week, he's missing open receivers. He's just not playing good football right now. Yeah, something looks off with him. And um, I don't know that we're overvaluing him because we know he has MVP level um, upside when he is playing at his best. But, you know, every quarterback is, is going to go through this at some point. You know, not, not everybody is just lights out, you know, every single game. So maybe at this point we are. Um, I thought I had value on the Giants last week when that line got to 10 because your defense had been playing well and the defense collapsed in that game. So maybe they suck it up and, and have a better showing in this game. Um, or maybe they're just checked out because they figure there's going to be a change in management and they're just done with this, this team. Who knows? Um, I would like him a lot better if Mike Lennon was not in line to take snaps again, because he has been atrocious <laughs> as a quarterback. And it just seems like they have no offensive potential with him under center. I was ready to, to watch Jake Fromm, and I'm, I'm not a believer in Jake Fromm at all, but show me something else besides Mike Lennon out there. Um, so it does feel like there's value with a divisional home dog. 
Um, but I am worried about the Giants players being checked out. And then, you know, you talk about Dak Prescott struggling. Uh, Tyron Smith might be out in this game, and the Dallas offense struggles without him. He's like their best offensive player, oddly enough, on a on an offense with stars, and they always struggle without him. So them laying double digits on the road without him is a major red flag to me. So um, anybody but Mike Glenn, and I'd be all over the Giants right now. I'm still leaning that way. I think it's a lower scoring game. Dallas wins by four or seven instead of fourteen or seventeen. Um, so so, but I'm not in a rush to play the Giants. I might talk myself into it if I can get the 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 horror show that was Mike Lennon last week. I don't mind, but uh, that's where I'm leaning right now. Think about this, everybody watching at home right now. How many times has this happened to you? Where you overthink it, you say, you know what? This week is going to be the week that the Giants play good football. You bet on them or Jacksonville or the Jets, and then you watch the game, you're like, what in the world was I thinking with Mike Glennon at quarterback? It's happened so many times. I'm done betting on bad teams. I'm done betting on bad teams. Stay away from me on this one as well. All right, let's move on. RJ, Washington and the Eagles. Washington really could have done a world of good for themselves by winning last week. That didn't happen. The Eagles coming off uh, some rest. So they're laying four and a half. Both teams, if they want even a prayer at sniffing the playoffs, they have to win this week. The total sitting at 43 and a half. Which way are we going? Yeah, people are going to want to be on Philly because Washington has a bunch of guys on the COVID list, including their best defender. Um, but, you know, the line moved after that. So so it seems like a little bit of that's baked in. But, um, you know, with Jonathan Allen on COVID, if he's not playing this game, it makes it easier for Philly to stick to the run game and build a lead. They don't have to, to worry about Jalen Hurts coming back in and having to throw the ball over the place because they'll be able to run the ball. The key injury here is Terry McLaurin. He suffered a concussion in that last game. If he's out, I don't know how kind of he has a consistent success in the passing attack and is able to rally them back if they get down. Um, so this line's probably going to get out of hand if, if injuries trend downward for Washington. And if we get McLaurin ruled out, if Heineke might be questionable because he's dealing with the issue, I think he'll be able to play through. But, but um, you know, he got hurt in that game. And then if more guys go on the COVID list, you know, it's probably going to jump up. So if you like Philly, probably jump on it now, especially if you can get the four and a half and not five, because um, I think it's going up. I would lean to Philly. But, uh, um, you know, coming off that that uh, week of rest, ideally, they those guys weren't all in the facilities together that week. That might help them mm-hmm. stem the this, this spread of COVID. You know, when you see these teams coming off a bye, they might not be impacted as much if they're able to stay home and stay, you know, away from each other. And you don't get you get three guys ruled out instead of twelve. You know, so we'll see we'll see how that affects them going forward in this week. I'll tell you what: if I'm a head coach or a general manager and owner of an NFL team, I am instituting even heavier protocols because this is a chance to take advantage. If I stay healthy and other teams do not, but Mikey, these are two teams that if they would have played even average at the beginning of the year, they would be right there with uh, Dallas. So which one do you think right now is playing better? I mean, it's hard to say. I think the Eagles are slightly better. They're in better shape heading into this game just because of the the injury situations that RJ laid out uh, with the COVID and then Terry McLaurin not being available, especially if they fall behind in this game is a huge, huge deal for them. Um, at this point, my only thought on the game is, like RJ said, if you like the Eagles, I would probably take it now. Um, you might lose half a point if things go negatively. It might go back to four. Um, but overall, I think that this one has you know more bad news for Washington written on it and likely closes at minus five and a half, minus six. Uh, if it does get to minus six uh, or even six and a half at that point, then I would be interested in backing Washington potentially at that point, and I would certainly be including them in some of the teasers uh, as you start to get that number up to 12. 
Um, I, I don't picture this Eagles team beating them by more than, you know, 10 points, in, in, for example. So you could start to tease it now, but I think the line is likely to go one direction, and that's likely in the favor of the Eagles. To back up Mikey's point, last week Washington opened at four, and yes, I lost a showdown to AB, still stings, uh, but it went up to six and a half. So then you could buy it to seven or seven and a half, and then you catch that backdoor cover. So you see how much it matters where the number starts and where it moves to. Washington is a perfect example of what we're talking about and why we do this show on Tuesdays. So the next game, and RJ, I'm going to come right back to you because I know you're on the Steelers and you love how they're playing right now uh, as far as their offense is concerned. We also, I'm torn here. I have a futures ticket on the Titans at nine and a half. I need them to get to nine or get to 10. So they're laying one and a half on the road against the Steelers team that has been very, very up and down. And right now they're six, six and one. And that tie might end up being their ruin. We don't know. Talk to me on this game. Or it could save them. You could get, you know, seven teams tied half game back from the Steelers and Steelers make the playoffs because they were able yeah. to, to tie the Lions. Now it seems ridiculous. You should go and beat the Lions. But but um, so so I think it has a, a better chance of affecting them negatively because they should have won that game. Um, but they're missing their quarterback there. They had to deal with their own COVID issues in that game. Is Tennessee really this much better than Pittsburgh to be laying points on the road? Um, I know. Because they because they beat proven winner Urban Meyer. I mean, you don't get any points for for going into Jacksonville and winning. Um, that offense still <laughs> mediocre, like I said earlier. Maybe they'll look better if, if Watts out, but you just can't assume that they're going to play better because Steelers are missing a key player because um, they haven't looked good really against anyone lately. Um, Pittsburgh's offense, like I said, sleepwalking through first halves, coming alive in the fourth quarter. I think they'll be able to pass the ball here against uh, a Titans defense that is a little bit susceptible to the pass when they're facing actual you know decent receivers. Um, and my power ratings have Pittsburgh as a slightly better team, so I'd make them favored by two, two and a half in this game. So I think this line is way off. Uh, that's why I have the, the Steelers as a best bet. And Mikey, you love the over in this game. Talk to me. I like the over in the game, and I also I am on the Steelers' side. I have the Steelers in the teaser as well. Uh, their Steelers are actually hanging out at plus two on DraftKings right now, which is where I got them at plus eight. Um, let's not forget that this is a long week for the Steelers. Uh, they played on Thursday night in that game against Minnesota. They're coming in with some extra rest and get to be at home. Extra rest at this point is exactly what Ben Roethlisberger needs. Uh, but what I really like here is the the emotional spot. I, I think that, you know, we talk about there's not a lot of home field advantage in the NFL. Pittsburgh is still a spot that has a little home field advantage. This is his second to last game in this building. It, he could put it maybe in his career, right? Um, mm-hmm. if, they, if they don't make the playoffs, it's one of his last home games. Um, I, I, you saw it in the last game too, when they were trailing, they let him play. They let him get aggressive. They, they tried to score in desperation. They're going to let that happen again. I like that to help push this total up over this number here. This number is pretty low at 41 and a half. Uh, again, I make it closer to 43 and a half is where I think it should be set. And there is a pretty big difference in the NFL between 41 and a half and 43, um, again, I, I think it's a 24-20 game. I, you know, if we want to predict the final score, I'll say Steelers win 24-20 in this game. Um, but I, I lean towards the over. I'm undecided on grabbing Steelers plus two. I only I make the Titans um, like right. It's ju- they're just slightly favored, like a half a point uh, favored, and that's giving them a lot of credit. It's knocking Ben down quite a bit from where he's been in his career. But I, I do lean that way. I've got him in the teaser and. We'll see if I can talk myself into trusting enough to play the plus two here later tonight. <laughs> to play it straight, put three different bets, play the teaser, play the over, play it straight. Could be nice 
or you're heavily invested on one team, which is not uh, – I, I always sweat that whenever I put three or four things on one team. But the numbers say that that's what it should be. All right, we got to move on because we are approaching 60 minutes. So much to talk about. So we'll speed it up just a little bit. One game more at noon uh, or at 1 p.m. Eastern. Do we even need to talk about Texans-Jags? Even though, RJ, it's one of your best bets. Texans getting three and a half. Yeah, I already talked about it at the top. I mean, give me points <laughs> against proven winner Urban Meyer no matter what. You know, that how many – just think to yourself, how many people need to be ruled out with COVID for the Texans for you not <laughs> want to take three and a half against Urban Meyer? And for me, the number is probably in the 20s. So uh, just – he's not an NFL coach. He doesn't have an NFL team that he's putting out there week in and week out. So give me the points. That's that's basically all that is. And by the way, I know you're ticked off, and I know you're upset that your team lost, but when you're coaching against a coach who coached for you, how do you not stand there and shake his hand? Did you guys see that at the end of the game? Awful. He literally he, walked – it was awful. He looked like he wandered into the stadium like five minutes earlier, and he was just kind of <laughs> looking for a way through the crowd. He didn't look like he'd been there for three hours. Yes, it was terrible. Come on, be bigger than that. You're a multimillionaire. You won national championships. It's your last coaching job. Be better. Be better. Uh, all right, four o'clock games, and I like some of these. Some of them are like, eh, and it is what it is. All right, so four game, and we'll do a little speed round. Bengals, Broncos. Broncos are favorite here, and they're also one of the ten teams I talked about at the start of the show that is very much alive at seven and six. So they need a win. The Bengals obviously need a win, and it's never easy going the mile high. Mikey, what do you think about this one total sitting at 43 and a half? Yeah, this one is uh, its super tough. I couldn't get there on any part of it. I kind of lean towards the under in it. I, I do respect the Broncos' defense. The, the Bengals, I'm very interested to see how they respond. That was just a, a tough loss for them. Obviously benefited being on the, the 49ers side. I think RJ was on that one as well. Um, that's a game they needed to win. And it was a huge emotional loss, uh, the, the way they came back and almost were able to win that game. Uh, it, it's let down spot. It's do or die for them this season. Not the best place to go play uh, in the altitude against defense that I think is pretty good. They've got to work to stop Javante Williams. Um, yeah, I, I really, you know, I, I can't really say the Broncos should be favored. Like, I think this line should be a pick em. Um, Having said that its line should be a pick em, I don't feel comfortable backing really either side of it. So I lean towards the under, even though it's a small number here at 43 and a half, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a defensive battle. RJ, we got two teams here that are playing in divisions that could have multiple teams above them make the playoffs. This is a very, very, very meaningful game, but both teams, let's be honest, are playing for the wild card, and that should be their focus right now. Which team out of these two do you think is better? I disagree. I think the Bengals could be playing for the division. I think that okay. Um, they, okay. they already you know, took it to the Ravens in that first game, and the Ravens have their Fair own enough. issues they're dealing with. Um, so they could come in and win this division. I think that that's probably where their head is. Um, so their offense struggled early last week. Ultimately, Burrow looked fine playing through the pinky injury. So I, I that's why I like since he has a best bet. I was I would have been off them, um, you know, just thinking they offensively. I don't know if they have it. And then they come back, storm back, and his numbers ultimately look really good. Uh, Denver blows out severely undermanned Detroit team. That doesn't really tell us much about Denver. You get the line swung from since he minus three or minus two and a half, and then look ahead four points. Um, I just don't understand that. Is Denver? four points better now than they were last week. Um, doesn't seem like it to me. So I'm kind of fading that line move. I like in those situations where you see those massive line moves, 
that don't have an injury tied to them, that don't really have a good reason tied to them and playing against them. So I think since he has better offense between these two teams, I like Burrow better than Bridgewater. And even though Denver can run the ball well, since he's got a pretty solid defense, Denver's defense, obviously better. They're playing there, I think, fourth in points allowed for a drive, something like that. Really good defense. But I think having the better offense better than having the better defense, that wins out to me. Um, getting the point and a half is just a little extra for, for me for Cincy. So, um, yeah, I would take the point and a half here. Okay, very good. And I have no issues with you disagreeing with me because you're the guru. You're the GOAT. You're the man. Not me. Not me. All right, next game. Falcons. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. In the chat, Jason says, speaking of poor sports, Coach, how's the first touchdown club? I liked you for so long, Jason, and yet you got to come in today. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. First touchdown club. Yeah, I know Mikey's in it. RJ, he's not on the show on that particular night. But if you're talking about AB, well, yeah, he got into the club last night. Thanks to me. Thanks to the fact that I allowed him to take my pick. And he'd tell you himself if he was here, but he's not. He took my pick last night. That's what really happened. Coach, hey, how we doing? How do you have this uncanny knack of always knowing when I'm talking about you? Well, you know, and, like I said, and being able to drop in. You're my hero, man. Like I said, I'm just trying to follow you around, bud. All right, since, since you're here and you interrupt RJ, RJ, my apologies, yeah, and Mikey, my how, how does it feel to be in the club? Oh, it feels great. Mikey was buying drinks for everybody last night. It was fantastic, man. He was just running the tab. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, I was that... free rolling last night. Yeah. So uh... <laughs> I know y'all out of time. Have a good show. Man. Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, I love that guy. All right. We've got a couple more games to get to. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, Mikey, that the Atlanta Falcons mathematically still have a shot at the NFC playoffs at six and seven. <laughs> there are four teams at six and seven that very much are alive. The Falcons being one of them, but they have to travel all the way across country to take on a 49ers team. They've got to be very, very pumped with how they played the last couple of weeks, but specifically how they won last week in Cincinnati. So they're laying nine, the total city at 45 and a half. Will that win Mikey help to propel them into a really good final four or five weeks of the season? I mean, it certainly helped them. You know, they, I'm, Helped me a lot too, but, uh, you know, I think they're going to get healthy here. <laughs> Eli, Eli Mitchell should be back uh, for them, which is going to help a lot. I'm very interested to see how they use Debo Samuel. If they continue to give him the football in the backfield, if he becomes more of a receiver again, uh, this is another one that it, it's a pretty big number. Like it's not going to shock me if they end up covering it, but uh, very similar story, knowing the injuries that they've had, especially with Debo Samuel, you know, they kind of rushed him back just a little bit to make sure he was able to play. And he, he held up fine in that game, but uh they're a lot like the Cardinals. The The motivation here is to get in and get out with the win. It's not necessarily going to be to keep the foot on the pedal, in my opinion. So I, I think they'll see a relatively conservative game call after they they come up with a lead here at this point. So we know the Falcons are comfortable throwing in, until the final whistle. So I, I'm not laying it. Um, man, if I had to, let's see. My number is minus 8.2 on it. And my total, I would honestly, I'd lean towards the over on the total. Um, I, I think okay. if anything, you, you see the backdoor push with the Falcons put up some points late, but another one of those games that's just not comfortable at all. 
You know, RJ, every year there's always a couple of teams that just by happenstance or by luck end up being in the wrong division. And it looks like this year that could be the 49ers because you have the Rams and you have the Cardinals already in the, uh, the – the Cardinals are tied for the one seed. And then the Rams right now are 9-4, and four, just one game back. And the 49ers now are saying, wait a second, we're playing pretty good, but we have really good teams that are in our division. Are the 49ers, RJ, good enough to make the playoffs? They look like a playoff team. Um, I know Atlanta's not as good as their six and seven record suggests. Terrible point differential. It's tough, tough for bad teams to compete in two straight road games, and they went out and won their last one. So, um, so I, I would have trouble taking the points here with Atlanta, even knowing it's a pretty big number when you look at that nine against uh, you know next to the 49ers team. Their defense collapsed late versus didn't see the offense played well in a tough matchup. I trust them with Kittle and Samuel on the field to score points. Um, it's a little, you know, the question whether they're going to use them Samuel more as a receiver if Eli is healthy. I think they are not. I think they like having him in the backfield. It's kind of hubris from Shanahan. It's not fair to have him back there. He's so electric that you shouldn't be able to put him back there, but you're also going to get him dinged mm-hmm. up. And one of these times, that injury that he suffers, he's, he's going to be out for the playoffs so if you do get to the playoffs you're going to be missing Debo Samuel you'll be out in round one because you just don't have the guy anybody that can that can do anything close to what he does offensively um so this line open is seven and a half bet up by sharp money um eight and a half was the last spot I, I would I would lay it um would have teased it that was going to be the second leg of my teaser instead of the Patriots um before the Patriots move up to two and a half um because I like teasing the 49ers down under three but uh now that it's at nine it's just a stay away Okay. Very, very good. I love that analysis. Now, a lot of people, Mikey, when the OBJ was shopping around for a team, were like, what does it matter? He's not very good anymore. He's not productive. Well, he was productive last night. Six catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown, and some very important third down catches as well, I might add. But he and seven others, no, excuse me, he and six others are now on the COVID list. The Rams are laying five at home. Seahawks coming to town and at nine and four, the way they played last night, Matthew Stafford finally getting the interception bug off his back. This is just another thing that Sean McVay has to deal with. How do they deal with it? Knowing that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are playing better football. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You mentioned the wrong division. It's just, it's such a tough division. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the reason why I like the Rams against you last night. Frankly, it's hard to win games in this division, right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. neither team should really be favored by more than a field goal a lot of the time. Uh, I liked the Seahawks at seven in this one. Now that it's down to five, it, it's mostly efficient. It's actually currently sitting at four and a half on DraftKings. You might see this one go all the way to four, depending on what happens. Um Man, it's such a tough spot. The total's actually dropping, too, all the way down to 45 in this one. Um, I, I really can't get anywhere other than if it it's flawed logic, right? So, like, when this line comes down, if it comes down to four, I'll start to show a little bit of value in the simulations back on the Rams' side. But it's a really fragile situation because you're obviously buying into a team that is not at full strength and that's reflected in the line. So I'm always cautious there because it's pushing, you know, all the movement, all of the injuries are pushing it back into a territory where I can play it. But, uh, you know, I, I make this game minus 5.2 for the Rams at this point. Um, I'm seeing four and a halfs out there. If it gets to four, I'll probably end up having to play them at, at 5.2. But if I had been not asleep at the time when they were seven, I would have played the Seahawks <laughs> at seven. Um, just shows you how efficient the division is. Um, 
So I, I can't really give you much to do other than wait and see where the news shakes. And if you got the Seahawks at seven, congratulations. Um, <laughs> if, if you're waiting on the Rams, we'll wait till it gets to four uh, and see what happens. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could actually set alerts to wake you up when a line hits a number that you need to have in order to make that bet? That would be amazing. Well, it would be amazing. In Europe, actually, there are sports books that will let you algorithmically bet. So I could have my model set there and set limits. And anytime that the line hit a certain limit, it would just place the bet for me. You're kidding. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, there's regulations around that. We're, we're a good decade away from that in the United States. But you can definitely, there's one sports book out there that encourages it and shares a lot of the data with you. Yeah. I've got some really good friends from Australia, and they're like, Coach, why are you guys making a big deal that you have legalized sports gambling now? We've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> like, We're so far behind the rest of the world when it comes to sports betting. By the way, Faustino, I see you in the chat trying to start a poll question of your own. See, me and RJ over here trying to be serious. Me and RJ are over here trying to get through a very serious show. RJ, AB pops in. I saw you shake your head. I don't want him interrupting my flow either. And now we've got poll questions about who's going to get into the club first, me or Jeweler. How come you couldn't say RJ? RJ, how do you feel about being left out of that poll question? It's pretty terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm here the whole time and nobody wants to put me in this poll. You know, I'm 70 minutes and counting and I've been giving you this time. And we're talking about guys that aren't here. So uh, put, put, put me in the poll. I just, wanted so to, I just wanted to thank Mikey for the congratulations because I got in at seven and on Sportsline, and hopefully people did too before that line dropped. Um, their offense looks back on track. Now it's the D that may be falling apart because Davis Mills played well. Uh, maybe that's a reflection on, on him just being a solid quarterback, but but I'm surprised that the defense didn't do a little bit better job against him. Uh, Rams lost Ramsey to COVID list right before Monday Night Football. If he's not back, it's an easier test for, for the Seattle offense. Obviously, um, Seattle showing they won't give up on the season. They had every right to give up at four and eight. Um, I think it was three and eight, and, and they won the last two. Um, I expect them to keep this close divisional game. If anybody's going to play for personal pride, it's Pete Carroll's going to get those guys ready to go. So I liked it at seven. Five still probably a lean, but um, but it's starting to get out of the the value range. Okay, very good. Great analysis by both. So I may have just read the line of the year so far on the early edge. <laughs> Jason said, we don't want to see you on the poll, RJ. <laughs> I'm going to assume he's talking North Colton, North Colton, yeah, Santa Claus. Yeah, it's yeah. Christmas season. Oh, you guys are savages. What a, an incredible group of people that make up this community. So funny. So funny. All right. We got to move on. We got three games to get to. And damn it, we're running out of time. The marquee late game, RJ, on Sunday is the Packers on the road, four and a half. They trailed by 10 twice against the Bears on Sunday night and still won by 15 points. Their offense looked incredible. Bears defense looked awful. Justin Fields helped that. But now they go on the road against a Ravens team that has been very up and down. Lamar's been throwing a lot of interceptions. They didn't play well last week. He gets hurt. Backup comes in. All kinds of issues. Where do we stand on this, RJ, in your mind? 
Yeah, I had the Packers there. No sweat in that game. Um, they were covering the whole time, obviously, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure everybody else felt that same way. Now, you knew Aaron Rodgers was going to come out and score points. It was weird to see the Packers give up those huge plays on defense and special teams. They, have, they should be better than that, and I think that was kind of a wake-up call for the defense is that uh, you, you've got to play better and, not, and limit these big plays against – better teams because you're not going to win these games in the playoffs if you're if you're letting that happen on the defensive side um i'm worried about rogers he said his toe injury is getting worse um and you know they have to consider surgery and if he does undergo surgery obviously it's going to knock him out um i don't think that's going to happen this week it seems like he's going to keep trying to play through it but if it keeps getting worse who knows you know his availability um and at some point it might affect him you know throwing the ball and and, and it hasn't happened yet so um, I'm leaning to Green Bay in this game. It's hard to cap until we know the clarity with Lamar and see what's happening at quarterback for the Ravens. The Baltimore defense didn't fall apart with Marlon Humphrey out, um, but you know Aaron Rodgers is not Baker Mayfield, and the Packers' offense is not the Cleveland offense, and this is going to be a lot tougher test for them. So I think mm-hmm. Packers, if Aaron Rodgers plays six, 60 minutes and his his toe injury doesn't like completely debilitate him and he's able to throw the ball, um, they're going to th- put up a bunch of points. I don't know that the Ravens are going to keep up with what we've seen with them off offensively lately. So I will lean to the Packers here. Um, and if you get any inkling that Lamar is going to get ruled out, this line's going to jump back up to seven. So you want to jump on the Packers pretty quickly. Yeah, Mikey, the Ravens can't spot the Packers double digits and expect to come back against them like they did against the Browns, right? I mean, they might be able to come back in to cover teaser legs, uh, for example, where I've got them at plus 11. I, I do think that they're always live to cover something like that. So this number is five on DraftKings right now and minus 110. Uh, I'm very cautious with it. So I think Lamar is truly questionable at this point, honestly. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because his total sitting at 43 and a half, we would expect this total to be around 45 to 46 if everyone was truly healthy and in. Um, so I, I think it's shaded that way. I do think he goes ahead and ends up playing because I don't think it's terribly severe. The issue is, so if this was like a sprained ankle for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, any of these other players, I don't mind it so much because a lot of their value isn't derived from their mobility. A lot of Lamar Jackson's value is derived from his mobility. So if he is truly banged up, you know, hey, this is a great preview of what Lamar Jackson might look like every game in five, six years uh, as he loses some mobility, as he gets a little older. But it it, it does matter for him. So it's taken a lot of strength to not go bet them at five. Um, If he's healthy, I only make them plus three and a half on their home field. Uh, and getting it all the way up to five is through a couple key numbers. So I, I do like it at five. If you think Lamar is going to play and they're at home, knowing that Rogers' situation is truly getting worse, in my opinion, they didn't fall apart totally defensively. I, I, li- I lean towards the Ravens if you're confident Lamar is in. But as of now, I've got him in the teaser at 11. Slight lean on the over 43 and a half here, and I'll be monitoring it. Again, my number is all the way up to 45 and a half, and some might ask why I didn't go ahead and play it. The issue is, is if Lamar is indeed ruled out, this thing is tanking even further on the total um, Mm -hmm. with with Huntley being in. So it's a fragile spot. I'm more willing to see Lamar get ruled in, have this number trickle up to 44 and a half to 45 and still bet the over at that point, even though the edge that I have is theoretically smaller. That's why I'm playing it that way for those that, that might see my numbers and wonder why I haven't played it yet. But as of right now, I lean towards the Ravens. I lean towards the over. I've already locked in the Ravens in a teaser leg at 11 because there's not a terrible difference between 11 and where it could potentially move uh, in the teasers. 
All right. We will, of course, will break this damn break this game down completely at noon Eastern time on Early Edge Live, right before the one o'clock games on Sunday. All right, guys, two more games and let's go through them quickly. Uh, first game, Saints Buccaneers Sunday night football, total 46 and a half. And the Bucks RJ are laying eleven at home, coming off a game where they blew a 17-point lead, but yet still covered, which was nice for the show because we were on the Bucks minus three and a half. But I would not recommend doing that again. But the Saints don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look like. Talk to me. Yeah, New Orleans somehow won a shootout earlier in the year when Simeon took over for injured Jameis. Um, Taysom has given Tampa trouble in the run game in their blowout win last year when New Orleans surprised Tampa with how well they played. It's a big line for me for a divisional game, especially with New Orleans getting their best offensive weapon back last week. Um, I think a Tampa blowout in this matchup would be an outlier with uh, how Sean Payton plays Tampa, you know, through the years. And even though with Tom Brady now, um, you know, in Tampa. So New Orleans desperate to stay in the playoff race, especially to be closer than that line suggests. I would lean to New Orleans at this point. And Mikey, the way the Saints beat the Bucks the first time, the defense completely shutting down and confusing Tom Brady at times, would we lean towards the under? Because they certainly want to take the, the air out of the ball as well. Yeah, I mean, I do think you could lean towards the under. I have a very slight lean. Uh, 55.9 is where my number is on it. And I make the Bucks minus 9.8. So a little bit of value on the Saints, much like RJ was talking about here. I think the number is between 9.5 and, and 10. Uh, is where it really should be. You know, the Bucks are inflated. It's a primetime game. They're at home. It is a great spot. Tom Brady obviously loves to play in Tampa. Um, but it is a huge number in the division game. And like RJ said, having Alvin Kamara back makes all the difference in the world offensively. It extends, even in this matchup particularly, when a spread is this big, if Alvin Kamara can take a third and four and convert when they would normally get stuffed and, and be fourth and one, fourth and two, he does that even once, but really twice in this game it can drastically change the outcome of the game in terms of an against the spread standpoint. Uh, he has a tremendous value. Uh, and a lot of running backs don't. He is one that truly does. He is worth a full two points in the betting market. Alvin Kamara is. Um, so a division game like this, yeah, I, I lean towards the Saints. I can tell you we'll be teasing that one up, uh, you know, plus 17 in, in some of the donkey parlays, things like that. But as of right now, I don't have any pregame play on it. But if I had to, it would be Saints plus 11. All right, very good. I like that plus 17 number on that teaser a lot. All right, final game of the week. And don't forget, we've got a full hour before Thursday night football, a full hour before Sunday night, a Sunday afternoon, and a full hour before Sunday night football, and also a full hour before this game right here. We're talking Vikings minus three and a half uh, at Chicago, total sitting at 44. And Mikey, Chicago looked like a fun team to watch this past Sunday night, scoring 30 against the Packers in so many different ways. That's not going to happen again. What happens this week? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you can count on a special teams touchdown, that's that's great. But, hey, they did use Jakeem Grant. He is a dangerous weapon when they get the ball in his hands. Um, look, I honestly, I, I saw a few good things from Fields. I saw some really bad things from him as well. Uh, I think the number is just slightly inflated here uh, at, at three and a half. It's it sh- you know, I, I make it three. Uh, you could argue down to two and a half if you want to. It shouldn't be the full hook here at three and a half. It is a road game in Chicago uh, in prime time. Like, it, it's tough. This is typically a spot in years past where you, you almost blindly bet the home dog in prime time. Like, prime time home mm-hmm. dogs through the key number of three, three and a half here. Um, that's the way I would be looking in this game. Again, I make it three. It's a little bit of an edge. It's not a significant edge, not one that I'm overly eager to play. 
based on the COVID news and everything uh, going on this week. I don't expect a lot of line movement either direction here, but if I had to play it right now, if we're talking Monday night an hour before the game and it's still three and a half, I'm going to be inclined to take the three and a half with the home dog. And with that being said, RJ, as you close us out this week, if that's the case, we don't need to bet it until Monday, correct? Yeah, if, you, if it doesn't look like it's going to move um, down. I When it was at four, I saw a book at four and a half, so I was hoping it would move up so I can take Chicago at four and a half, and it moved down to three and a half. So if I want to get it before it gets to three because I like the Chicago side. Is Kirk Cousins really going to win back-to-back primetime games? Um, I, that <laughs> seems unlikely to me with how he plays. You want him consistently playing in the uh, in the primetime slate. Um, Minnesota tried to give that Thursday night game away. They came 12 yards away from losing a 29-7 to lead in one quarter. Teams just don't do that. And so that, that defense yeah. a little suspect to me. Chicago has had success running the ball with Fields at quarterback in Minnesota struggles to defend the run. Um, so betters move this toward Chicago after Fields was solid against the Packers and the Chicago fell apart in the second half. Um, I want to be on the Chicago side here because I think the Vikings are too inconsistent to, to really lay more than a field goal with them against many teams. And uh, the Bears have shown me enough that I kind of want to be on that side at a more than three. Okay. I, I I feel that way too. You can't trust the Vikings. They figure out ways to lose. All right. There's one other thing that I need to handle before we say goodbye. And this has been an incredible, incredible show, allowing both guys to win on every single game. You guys have loved it in the chat as well. Now, it's taking on a life of its own, RJ. Jason says, Nick, they don't let him play. He's too next level. Odds are they will let him play this upcoming week. And boom, he's going to be in. So, RJ. Me and the jeweler are the only two main guys that are not in the club. But you don't you haven't even played all year because you're not on the Thursday show. If I allow you to play, would you be so kind as to send in a play and play with us on Thursday night? Would you do that for me? Sure. All right. And you know what's <laughs> going to happen, Mikey. You know exactly what's going to happen. RJ's going to get in the first time, and that's going to drive me bananas. Of course. Of course. So the only prerequisite, if you guys want to play at home with us and you don't know what we're talking about, we do it every single primetime game. We pick who's going to score the first touchdown of the game. We call it the Van Jefferson Memorial first touchdown of the game contest. And we get into the club and the club has a lot of members now. I'm not one of them. Jeweler's not one of them. And RJ's not one of them. But RJ's not in because he hasn't played. That changes today. Damn it. You're in from now on the rest of the season, RJ, every single primetime game all right what a fun show today was week 15 so much uncertainty be very careful i encourage you to catch every one of our shows live for all the latest information that's out there on the national football league so there's only one thing left to do and you all know what that is you've got your marching orders let's take all of these nfl tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew m squared rj ab on the ones and the twos and our entire crew back in nashville tennessee at Sportsline, backing us up here at the early edge we love you all we grind seven days a week 365 days a year yes we will be here on christmas tell all your friends about the early edge good luck Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, 
just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiori Gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.